Hey everybody, it's Nolan North, you know, Nathan Drake from Uncharted, and you're listening to the Geek Apocalypse Podcast. Good evening, good evening, good evening, good evening, as the once great Mr. Stephen Fry says on the Marvelous QI, but he's been replaced by Sandy Toxvig, who also does a very marvelous job. And I said once so great, as in, uh, Stephen Fry's not died, and um, he's still alive and well and amusing us with his immaculate intelligence and whatnot, but I'm just saying Sandy Toxic does a good job and it's a good episode, it's a good show, you should watch, you should listen to it. And speaking of good shows, uh, welcome to the Geek Box Podcast <laughs> with Lawrence O'Brien as today's guest. Yes, I enjoy doing my podcast, okay, that's fine, get over it. <laughs> but, um, but no, Lawrence uh, is today's guest and thank you so much for listening. If this is your first time on this podcast, I'm based in the northeast of England, uh, around about Newcastle. Um, my name's Stephen, thank you so much for joining. Um, as you can tell, if you're on the list on iTunes, we've done several episodes of this show, quite a lot, for a number of years, and it's always fun, and this episode is no different. Lawrence is an old friend of the show, he's been on several times, so if you enjoy this one, I encourage you to listen to the previous episodes that he's been on, and he runs Wooten Games, uh, which is W-O-T-A-N games.co.uk if you want to check out their website so he's an independent board game company small business basically and uh, on this episode you shall hear at the beginning in particular we talk about meeting at uk games expo which is a board game convention in birmingham here in the uk um, so i met him who good three four years ago now i think it is um really really nice guy have a lot of time for him and so we we talk about that. Um, well, the reason that this episode says live at Essen is because he's actually in Essen in Germany because that's where a big board game convention, sort of the gateway convention for Europe for board games because there's a, a whole ton of people around the world and loads of companies go there. And it's quite a big deal because oh, Germans like order. Who would have thought that? Um, but yeah, so um, they're really into board games or and uh, you can get you know board games from around the world there. So obviously Lawrence being that he has a board game company it's hugely important for him to be there so he joins me live on the phone to talk about being at Essen what it's like as a convention lovely sounds amazing would love to go I've got friends who have been there sure we'll go there get us geek apocalypse one day um yes yeah, so we talk about that we um talk about mental health um because a section of this is going to be played tomorrow live on mentally sound which is the mental health show that i do which is 12 till 2 p.m on Spice FM. If you go to spicefm.co.uk, you can listen live, or when the podcast gets released two weeks later. Uh, so mental health gets covered. Um, that's the extract I'm going to use for that show. But obviously, in this unedited version, we talk about that in detail, um, as well as um, board games being in school, which I think is a good idea, um, a good way of learning arithmetic in a fun way. Um, yeah, obviously about his games, because last time he was on, he was talking about War of the Nine Realms, which is a Kickstarter, which was successfully done, and he talks about the pros and cons of that, because he says it was hard work, which is interesting. And he's just a really, really super guy, so I encourage you to support him and check out his games if that sounds like fun. Please do consider follow us, which is at geek underscore apocalypse and if you like what you hear please do consider subscribing on any podcast network you desire but this is Lawrence O'Brien and Geek Wallace Podcast enjoy Yeah. 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 Yeah.
and um, I'm just thought we'd say to start off right off the bat then, just to get the ball rolling, is to say I'm trying to remember like it's been probably about a year at least since you were last on. Am right. I right in thinking that? Yeah, I think it's gonna be that long, yeah. Yeah, because I'm pretty certain that you were starting for War is it War of the Nine Realms? Yeah, we were we were literally sending off artwork and stuff like that. That's right. Now, yeah. now right right next to me here in the room. <laughs> this is not a sound effect, it's real. Uh, it's real. <laughs> it's real, ladies and gentlemen. It's War of the Nine Realms. That's so cool. And uh, yes, here. So um I'm here giving out a couple of copies to people I know. Awesome. Um, who backed it and um, and then just whoring it around um, at the various uh, international publishers to say, look, come on, guy, it's a lovely game. God bless you. I'll let you. I'll let you do the Polish version um, and see, see how see how that goes. That's really why I'm here and yes. to see some of the designers that I know. Yes, you're trying to you're trying to uh, corner the rather. rather Rather amazing uh, p- Polish uh, <laughs> Polish <Yeah>. market. <laughs> Polski spiel. It's the future. Yeah. No, there's um, there's several Polish publishers. Yeah. And Czech publishers. Yeah. There's. Yeah, we've yeah, had. Yeah. Um, I, I spoke to. I'm trying. I don't remember the guy's. It's been such a long time. I don't remember the guy's name. But the guy who runs Czech Games. Right. Um, oh yeah. And uh, they Him. do. Um, Oh, I always forget the name of that that the game with the the shields and the space um, galaxy trucker. That's it. Yeah, they, right. do, they do Galaxy Trucker. That's the only game I know that that um, that I've played of theirs. But yeah, they're a good company, and they they're very like what I like about them, which is you know we've talked about this before on the podcast. Is just I really like that board game companies are very like um they're very sort of like fan. Um, the cheerleaders of other people's companies, so they're very, you know, in um, Czech games because they're based in obviously in um, Czech Republic is yeah. they're very, um, they're very like good at you know, cro- you know, at um, you know, signposting into other people's board games because they might not necessarily get as much publicity as like you know over here or at Essen where you are now. So, mm. um, so yeah, they were, he was pretty yeah, cool. I think his name was Peter. Yeah. I'm pretty sure his name was Peter. For, for oh right, so he's the publisher of it, right? Yeah, yeah rather than the designer. The designer yes. was Vladimir Chavadi. Yeah, that's Chum- right. Chum- 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 yeah, he was behind um, the scenes guy. Yeah. Um. Anyway, yeah. So, um, so that's really cool. That so. Um, talk to me about Essen then, because I've never actually been, and obviously you're talking to me from That's there. Terrible excuse me. Well, I mean, it, it, it doesn't open for another 26 minutes. Okay. So, <laughs> right now, the, the, the heaving masses will be outside the halls waiting to get in. Yeah. And uh, it's always got hundreds of people queuing. I mean, hundreds of people queuing. Yeah. Um, but either I would be here pouring my wares at a stand, in which case I would already be in the halls, or I'm here without a stand, in which case I wait until after the crush. Yeah. And I go through different entrances. Mm-hmm. Um, but there'll be, yeah, a massive era of expectation, heaps of people, uh, occasional chanting, and uh, because <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's, you can always tell where the foreigners are from, from the, the German perspective, because the Germans are all very, very polite and well-behaved and cute, lovely. Yeah, and it'll be the other people who've uh, you know come here from the four corners of the earth who'll be sitting there, you know, ooh, ah, ooh, <laughs> as they go in, uh, and then it's just it's kind of like Terminal Five, you know, you, you you land at Terminal Five and you see like two other planes docking at the same time, <laughs> and you think, oh 
my God, it's going to be packed. And then your plane piles out and you turn one corner and then it's just they disappear instantaneously because it's so massive. And this place is huge, but it, it does get full. Yeah. Did you go to the UK Games at Expo this year? Uh, no, I did not. I've not been in a couple of years, but... Um, okay. uh, there, was, there was areas in the UK Games Expo, just a couple by the dice sellers and stuff like that, mm-hmm. where it got so packed that you're literally squeezing past people. Oh, God, that yeah. That's when it reminded me of Essen. Yeah. Because Essen gets like that, but on a huge scale. I mean, literally, you're like, oh, I've got a meeting in the, you know, the other side of Essen. Okay. Yeah, because You've got to do it in, you've got 25 minutes. Oh, you better leave now then. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Because um, it's just a, a kilometre and a half to get there. Yeah, I'm glad you said that, actually, because we can provide the sort of context for, you know, because Lawrence has been on the, the programme a few times, and um, we actually met at UK Games Expo, and, and just to provide the context for the people who might be listening for the first time. And right. and um, the, the reason I wanted to say that is because I think UK Games Expo is a really good example of, like, you know, because I think, I, I thought you were going to say that, you know, because I don't know which UK Games Expo you first went to, but I I, I went to, like, the one where it was in a diff- completely different venue. Um, and then it uh, went to... Sonic Hall. Yeah, it was the, the the one before that, and then they were at the Hilton oh, Hotel, Metropole, or whatever it was called. And yeah. But the one before that was even more tinier, and it's just amazing now. Because am I right in saying, like, it's now the, like, the arena bit or something like that? Yeah, they're actually in the last couple of years. They've been in the exhibition centre. So yeah. they moved from the Masonic Hall. That's the only one before. Uh, That's right. Where yeah. it is now. So yeah. they were there, and it was lots of. It reminded me of um, the events they used to do in uh, Kensington and Chelsea in the town hall. It was yeah. kind of like a small hall, then a small ante hall, then lots of rooms and corridors. Yes. And it was kind of like that. It was oh, there's a mezzanine level, and it was like. <laughs> It was cute. I mean, it was all yeah. very personable because you, yeah. you're all squeezing, you know, past each other. Then it moved to the Hilton, and then it just got bigger. Mm-hmm. Uh, so first year it was there, they had like half of it. The second year they just literally filled it, and I think they spilled out into Marquee. Yes. And then they went right. We're now big enough. We'll go to one hall in the NEC, and they took one hall and they didn't open it all up. Yeah. And then the next year they. They, they open that hall up and they've gone into hall two. Yeah. So it's now two halls in the NEC and it just grows and grows and grows and grows. Which is and excellent for someone like you who's bigger got a... and bigger. But yeah. it is, right? Because you want to see everything. Yeah. But it, it also, it, it's the intimacy of like the role playing piece and the out of hours or out of show hours gaming is still maintained at the Hilton Metropole. Yeah. So the stuff goes on there all the time. There's the main trade and demo show and all that sort of stuff at the NEC. And then in the evenings, you just head back to the Hilton Metropole, and there are all the big rooms there that are for gaming. Yeah. People carry on gaming in the evening. And I mean, when I had interns with me, because we were running the Wotan bus, yeah. uh, I would literally go, you know, you, you aren't, you know, because people are not, I know it's strange and difficult to believe, but not everyone is really into gaming. Yes. Uh, but they were like, just to show you how a lot of people are playing, I mean, they were like, they saw the size of the NEC area. I would take them back to the Hill Metropole to have, we'd have dinner or whatever. And I, I would go, right, let's go 
go and have a look at the gaming rooms. And you literally open this room, and it's just row after row after row after row after row, wall to wall, chairs and tables just straight across, and just packed full of people playing board games. You just open it, it's just like you've moved into a weird cult area. Yeah. It's like you walk in there, it's like, there was, it's a room, a massive room of desperate last stands. I always describe it. There's people in there, you know, fighting the dark overlord or, you know, the last stand at a shootout or, you know, desperately trying to make a getaway with the money or, you know, in the very height of a, the, the, the midst of a giant space battle or dare I say in Ragnarok where the battle surges. Yeah. It's all happening, you know, I wouldn't say quietly, but it's all happening in these rooms. Yeah. And then you close that room and then open another big room and it's equal amounts of people. You're just like, Holy crap, there's hundreds of people here. Yeah, and doing like a competition game for like, you know, like a competition of like Settler's Guitar or like a, a role play, like if a role, there was a role playing room and stuff like that. And yeah. Yeah, it has got. Well, yeah, like, now they have the, I think it's the national championship. So there was a whole, above the second hall, or I think a, a, a big part of the second hall, was taken up by uh, what they use for a media area. So, you know, when they had the, the news roundup, they got all the media together and they got all of yep. us up there on tables going, Come and see my wares. Yeah. And um, then up there in that area as well was, I think, the National Settlers of Catan competition. Which, yeah. you know, whatever your you know particular flavour is of, of gaming, it, it, that, to me, takes a game that is perfectly reasonable as a family game into a deadly art of destruction. Because, you know, you go and watch these people playing Settler Catan. Not a lot of joy in that room. In these, <laughs> honestly, because you're in there and they're like, oh, I don't know, sheep. And they're really, you know, head down in competition. And yeah. Yeah, that's why, like, I always find is that as I'm getting older, I find myself going. But whenever it becomes like, anything competitive, I'm always like you. I, I'm always I'm always comfortable in the area of semi-competitive because if it gets yeah. ultra competitive, it does kind of sometimes suck the joy out of it because people care more about like winning and the right strategy than than the yeah. actual core. I think of what board games are, which is to have fun. Um, right. Yeah. So, yeah, and it's kind of disappointing when you get beaten by someone and they're disappointed because they didn't utterly crush you. Yeah. Just <laughs> mostly beat you know they're actually cursed themselves and going, oh damn it, I didn't actually crush you by every point. You managed to do okay. What's the You're point? Like, yeah, cheers. Yeah, cheers for that, mate. Yeah. You know. Why do I bother? There is the, you know, yeah, why did I bother? I just come here to be, you know, ruined and then told, you know, I did too well. Yeah. yeah. yeah but My life but, is over. You, know, <laughs> you think some of the people, you know, they didn't actually totally obliterate you and then they're like, hmm. Yeah, I like to associate that as a particular type of nerd. Um, it's it's a type of nerd who, who kind of goes if they win, instead of like being like happy they won and being gracious to the other person, is they'll go oh, finally. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, at last you finally died. Yeah, God, yeah. You really cracked out. Yeah, finally, sorry, I finally what I was expecting to happen happened. Yeah, oh God, the entirely predictable <laughs> did finally happen. Yeah, yeah, thanks, yeah exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah the thing that they expect to happen puncher. every game. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's a funny that's a fun comparison, but um. Yeah. Throat punch him. Didn't see that coming. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Huh. You finally fall into my trap ten games later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, as they're leaving the hall. Yeah. And you baseball bat. Yeah, exactly. You know. <laughs> now I've won. <laughs> you played that. But I got the award. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you just got a concussion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, by the way, we should just, just see it this For anyone uh, listening, we are purely speculating. This isn't a real thing that happened. <laughs> 
this hasn't happened. And if it has, it wasn't us. Yes. Because indeed. we're just you know, we're just yeah. speculating. We're just speculating. So I mean if you so if you've been to that, if you've seen that at the UK Games Expo, if yes. this year you experienced the brief moments of crush, mm-hmm. then you had a taste of what it was like to be at Essen. It but was even at that's that point. Only, that's only something. Yeah, it was even at that point, because like, it was leading to my next question, but I'll just, the, the reason I, I said that is because, like, even a few years ago before, because I think I, the, that was the last, te- the, I went the last year before it became in the arena, so I haven't been to the arena yet when it when they've changed, mm. but mm-hmm. even then, when I was at UK, the, at the one in the Hilton, it was really, like, sort of heaving with people, because I remember, like, the, that, like, there were people, there were just members of the public, not, like, you know, like yourself with a, with a stall or me doing media stuff, is that there were, like, there was quite a few people saying like oh there's not much space um um mm. because there was this there was that outside area but it was particularly cold a lot of the time so um so some people sort of complained about the lack of space but they did sort of rectify it that year i remember the year before it was a lot worse um yeah but uh, but anyway the reason i was saying all that so i, I kind of un- i, I kind of get what you're saying about the lack of space and stuff because i definitely experienced that that year but i was kind of comp- wanting to compare it because you mentioned it the because I've never been asked, and I wanted to ask you because obviously you're there now. And you, um, have you been before? I'm assuming you have. Yeah. 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 Many years. Yeah, I'm sure we talked about this before. And uh, I wanted to ask: Is it kind of like a, is is it different in the, in the following sense that? Because I found at UK Games Expo, which was quite nice, is that people were coming just to like sort of go. So what's this board game lock I'm hearing about? Um, so they weren't, you know, sort of, you know, like nerds about it or obsessed about it or, or you know, they were sort of casual gamers maybe, and maybe they never tried board games and they were just wanting to see what it was about. So is Essen? Because anyone I've ever spoken to who's been there says it's kind of like, you know, the it's a lot more passionate maybe i know you were describing examples of people who were there but um, is it more a case of like people who really know what they're talking about there or or do they still get people kind of coming in trying stuff and you know seeing what it's well, like you've got, it's very big yeah it's very large and it has quite a, a broad brush to gaming mm-hmm. so in the big halls you have Pegasus Spiel and Asmodee and stuff like that showing off their latest, latest wares. <clears throat> and they'll have tons of tables and loads of professional demonstrators. And you'll get lots of families. I mean, you genuinely get four generations of a family wandering around because in Germany it's a, it's more of a tradition to play board games on a Sunday and all this yeah, sort of stuff. Exactly. So you get a lot of people coming who uh, are... Gamers, in the sense that they casually game and always have, and they're looking to see what the latest titles are. At the other end, in the dark halls, as I call them, mm-hmm. is you get lots more of the smaller independent publishers, and they'll have a table, and they're showing their wares, and, and they'll literally be, this person has arrived, and they've got a table, a couple of banners, you know, a poster, and some stock, and their game, and would you like to sit down and play the game? So there's an opportunity to, to try games which, I mean, especially for the American guys I was talking to downstairs, um, that game may never make it to the US, right? But they can try it yeah. in SM. But you also get stands that are basically brewing various flavors of mead uh, or, you know, rare beers. Yeah. Or role players, or, or live action role players. So mm-hmm. some people wandering around, you know, in uh, cosplay, but not cosplayers, actually LARPers. Um, so you, you get all of that, and you also have areas where it's, um, it's like garden gaming, right? It's like the outside gaming, the bouncy, um, 
frames where you sit in a harness and kids leap up and down and basically try to try to kill themselves. <laughs> to various long pieces of elastic. Or the ubiquitous guy every year that has those sort of throwing foam planes that whiz around your head. Don't actually smash you in the bridge of the nose and he catches them back. But they whiz past your face so close you actually dropped all the all the delicacies that you were carrying with you. Um, so there's pretty much everything and a chance to meet all types of gamers. But you do have the panels, you do have the designers and the publishers, and you can you can meet the specific people. So there is an area for the business side of it, uh, not a, ses- you know, a specifically separate area, yeah. but there will be an area on the Pegasus Spiel stand where you'll have appointments and people will meet up and, and all that sort of stuff. Um, and then there's the chances, you know, you'll see Matt Leacock and Rory O'Connor and Zev and all that sort of stuff. All they'll be, they're all here. Everybody's here. Yeah. Who can make it even from the US, right? Because it's basically between this and Gen Con, they basically vie for who's the biggest in the world. With the UK Games Expo now being the third in the world. Woo-hoo. Woo-hoo. So, um, yeah. So I'm not surprised to hear that. It's amazing. I mean, like, that is amazing. Um, And and it was something they started what ten, fifteen years ago. Right back at the yeah, it's probably been about ten years, I would think. Yeah. And and they're they're and they're here, and they they always bring tea and biscuits. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, you actually get a chance to meet up and talk about what you're going to do at the UK Games Expo and have a a cup of tea and and, and some biscuits. I just realised how much we're flirting with like sort of stereotypes here because it's like the yeah. Germans have beer and the English bring yeah. tea and biscuits. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, a stereotype doesn't exist out of you know Nothing, random yeah. pluck it out yeah. here that's never been seen here. You know. <laughs> the, fam- the famous kimchi eating English. Well, no, that'll be the Koreans. But you know, that, that's why. That's why there's a stereotype. We're not saying anything bad though. Nothing wrong with the country. No, of course not. And it's um, part of it's part of the for the spiel, so it's both haha, that they have for their come along and see us. We've got tea and biscuits. <laughs> Excellent. So, um, so, so it's everything. So you can come and see new games. You will see people who've turned up who are casual gamers. You will see people who are coming specifically to see a title or yeah. specifically to see a designer, and not just the hey, I've got this great game idea. I'd like to talk to you about it, but <laughs> it's Matt Leacock. <laughs> yeah. He's teaching me how to play Pandemic. You know, you will get that. You know, yeah. I did. You know, I first met him. It was like, oh, you know, Matt Leacock. Yeah. But then, you know, it was it was years later when uh, he was um, beta testing uh, his uh, uh, Chariot game, which I think came out last year, mm-hmm. where I actually played it, and it was it was Zev, uh, Rory O'Connor, Matt Leacock, Daryl from uh, Eclectic Games, and myself. Wow. Playing, I think that was all of us playing Matt Leacock's uh, playtest version of his chariot game, <laughs> and uh, we spent a pleasant hour on that. And uh, it was really tough to not tough to play the game. It was just come out now. It's a brilliant game. Um, but in that, I actually realised I wasn't going to win, but I could try and kill Matt Leacock. <laughs> and so I worked really, really hard, spent all my actions, sacrificed my ability to win the race, but I killed Matt Leacock. I actually killed him. Yeah, and in the in the post game bit, it was kind of like uh, you know, Lance, you know, it was, it was great and everything. Thanks for doing that. Why, why did you you know sacrifice the game to be able to kill me? And I'm like, Matt, pandemic, dude, you killed me and my family hundreds of times. This was just plain unadulterated. 
called vengeance. <laughs> this was just, I have a vendetta. <laughs> yeah, and now, you know, now that's done, I feel released from all that angst. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And a chance uh, publicly to confess it. Uh, there's a funny story, I'll not say the person's name, but um, there used to be a long-running joke that there was a guy who used to go to our board game club. I think, well, he still does, but I just mean like... Um, he doesn't do this as much as he used to when he first went, but he, we used to like make this joke that he was just a person who had a sort of held a very long grudge against you if you ever played a game. And there was a particular example where we were playing Lords of Waterdeep, and um, you know, in Lords of Waterdeep, you have a mandat- um, mandatory quest card which you can play on a player, and it kind of screws them because they can't do a quest. Um, and you have to complete that quest, and it's usually for like next to no reward, so it's it's a bit of a you know screw the other person type move. So he goes to like Waterdeep Harbour to play a card, and so he's going to play a mandatory quest, and you basically declare which player you put it on, and he he gives it to the person with the least amount of points. <laughs> and we're like, what are you doing? Like, because if there was one of our friends like really far ahead, so that would have been a really good strategic move to give him the mandatory quest to slow him down. Yeah. And he gives it to the lowest player, and then he turns to her and says, that's for three months ago when we played this last. <laughs> and I was just like, wow. Yeah, and I'm like, that's a man that holds a grudge. <laughs> yeah, but that's it, right? I think it was, was it Plato who said you learn more in gaming in in an hour than you do in a lifetime of casual meetings? Yeah, you? probably. Yeah, I always think that. And, and it's like, you do learn. I mean, you, yeah. you can't, you, that, uh, eventually that personality will bubble up. Yeah. If it's like that, especially in those or negative traits. It's kind I of like, that'll be the person in Munchkin who mm-hmm. does you over, whereas everyone else is kind of playing, I'll play my game, see how well I do, you play your game, see how well you do, you don't do the interaction bit because you you know had to play this game with kids. And then you meet that person who just basically spends all their time stiffing you and rolling you over. Yeah. And you go, mm, what did I do to them? What, <laughs> I, you know, what bit of history are they dragging up right now emotionally? Yeah. Especially when you see that fixed grin and small bit of drool on the side of their face. <laughs> yeah. I've waited for this moment. <laughs> I've waited for months. <laughs> That'd be great. That's great. Um, yeah, but I, I just think it's because yeah, I think it's what you say. It's always like whenever um, whenever you get adults together, where that kind of stuff happens. Um, um, you uh, you often find that kids sort of um, you know, um, help each other out. Like I remember playing um, I remember playing Munchkin and that with my nephew. Um, and his goal was to just help other people because he thought that was what you're supposed to do which i thought was quite nice you'd be always like right i'm gonna help you kill this monster i don't want anything i just want you to kill it <laughs> like, you like, like, Bless you. yeah that's as, really you, nice. as you're counting your cards and yeah and, 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 <laughs> and that's going, aha my plan went properly <laughs> yeah exactly yeah foolish child yeah he will yeah, but, yeah, you'll learn the bitterness that it is to be to be yeah, a loser. I'm teaching you um, life. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's the excuse you're using, Steve. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I taught you a lesson. Ha, ha, ha. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Now um, he doesn't taught you and come around for Christmas. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, great, yeah. Um... It's fun though because I think like what you were saying about um you know we're bought we're, with gaming you know you mentioned sort of Plato you mentioned the Plato quote is that um I was talking to one of my best friends and he was saying that because I think they should do this more often and I'm curious to know if you I'm curious if you think the same thing because I was thinking like cooperative games is a good example of showing people's personalities and my friend was saying that he works for Virgin Media uh, Virgin uh, Virgin Money sorry and he um. I think it might be no Virgin Media. That's right, and and he uh, went on like a team bonding, um, you know, one of them sort of like uh, it's sort of training, 
and yeah. they did the whole um they did a gaming sort of scenario where it was basically the whole um i'm trying to remember it was sort of like panic i think they're called panic rooms or something and yeah. they're quite and, and essentially you go into a room and you have to communicate with each oh, other by room. solving a puzzle uh, escape room yeah. yeah escape room that's it thank you um yeah so um yeah you, they, they, they did that kind of thing and it made me sort of think that's essentially like playing a cooperative game essentially right. um yeah, um, and you can you can get that same advantage out of playing the games. Yeah, I mean, we're, Matt Leacock, you know, with Pandemic. I mean, I think that's the classic. Is that the classic one? I suppose. I would say so. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say so. I think a lot a lot of people have played Pandemic, yeah. and when we say a lot of people, we're talking about that minority of people who play board games in the United Kingdom. Yeah. Um, but, but those, those people have heard of it at least. Yeah. yeah, Settlers of Catan, Pandemic. I'm yeah. probably safe on those two. Ticket to Ride, um, maybe. Ticket to ride, yeah. yeah. I think ticket to ride, definitely. There's probably a few others in there that that, that people will be. Even though it's not cooperative, but I mean, I guess. Yeah. You know. They'll be in there going, you know, you should have said this one. You should have said that one. Yeah, I'm sure they will. Should have said CSI Camelot. Yeah. <laughs> coming, yeah. coming to a shop near you. Yeah, medieval yeah. crime fighting cooperative game from Wu Tang Games. <laughs> um, but <laughs> played by Matt Leacock, I hasten to add, and yeah. his wife. Oh, that's cool. Mm. And uh, and he liked it. Gave me some suggestions, things that we put into the game there. And, uh, but in that, you do, you, you, but I think just generally in gaming, I think for me, I mean, I've had, we have an intern program at Wotan Games, mm-hmm. uh, where we, under the Erasmus scheme, while we're still in Europe, um, we get people coming over from various countries and they, they spend anything from, I think, three to 18 weeks with us. Wow. And in that, part of the welcome, you went, you have the initial interview, I've never met anybody that I didn't want to at least try working with in the intern program. But yeah. what you do is I always play board games. Mm-hmm. I get out, I get out one of our board games, or I'll get out Ramajang, our card game, or whatever, and I'll, you know, because I'm in the office, it's, it's filled with our games or stuff, and and play it as part of the interview because in playing the game you get a better understanding about. Because otherwise everyone's like, oh, I'm really angsty. It's an interview. You get people who are quite nervous. Yeah. Um, and so be able to sit down and go, right, we're just going to play a game. I'm going to teach you a game. And you just chat around the game anyway, right? That's why it's social. Yeah. So you're chatting around the game. And because they're playing a board game, they're not being interviewed. Yeah. So they, they can be down, more of themselves. Right. But in that they're being more of themselves, you can then see how they play the game and go, ah, they seemed like a nice person. Yeah. But really, I can see there's a darkness. Until they play a cooperative game and like, move there! <laughs> move there, go there! Oh my God. And they were so quiet and now they've taken control. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I think gaming is good for that. The game is good for lots of stuff. Yeah. I mean, I was, uh, one of the guys I was, I was chatting to last night, he was doing, um, what has he done? He's done a game on apples. He's bringing a game out on apples. Uh, and he's doing, he did one on, uh, I think it was Deflower Station, I think it was. It's a game about, yeah, I can't remember his name. He's got a double-barreled name as well. I was chatting to him yesterday at an event. And he was, he's a maths teacher. And, and you know, we were talking about the fact there just should be more games in school. School yeah. should be fun, right? And, and there's people out there going, you're joking, I hated school. <laughs> and there was loads of bits in school I hated. Um, but actually, if it had more gaming in it, you know, we're going to sit down and look at operands. Oh, God, really? <laughs> no, we're going to play City of Zombies. Hooray! Let's play City of Zombies. Roll dice, numbers on zombies, use any operand against the numbers, make the number that's on the zombie card, shoot the zombie. Mm-hmm. Right? At the end of that lesson, sorry, sorry, at the end of that game, 
you go, wow, that was fun. Yeah. And you've just spent all that time using operands. Oh, if I have two squared and then divide it by that number, then I get the number. Yeah, great. So mm-hmm. you're using the tool set. I'm, you know, the maths are trying to teach you, but you're playing a game, mm-hmm. right? And at the end of it, you take away the skills they want, but you didn't study it. You did, but you didn't. You had fun. You were playing games. So why can't why can't you have more like that? Oh, we're going to do creative writing. Okay, well let's get our Rory story cubes. Right? We're going to roll these dice, then we're going to write because you know the blank piece of piece of paper is most people hate. Right? Here's a blank piece of paper, Steve. Tell me in 500 words, what's the buttery flavorness of a croissant? Right? Now, I've given you a lead in, so you've got something to start with. But if I said, is a blank piece of paper, write something that's funny, I'll be back in 45 minutes. It's like, yeah. some people, that apps, they'll be not terrified, they'll be frozen with fear because okay you just roll the dice and away you go oh okay so it's key tortoise lightning bolt oh you see what happened was that can be fun yeah so it should be more like that absolutely Uh, absolutely i mean essentially as well the other aspect of it i mean on the mental it's very good you said that because i was going to ask you something about mental health and maybe crowbar it into the friday show because um this is something i've been thinking about a lot but to 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 continue what you your train of thought is it's also learning how to do critical thinking, which essentially is what you learn in later academic life. If you go on to like sort of college or university, that's the next level of of, of life is to, and that's something I don't think you get mentally prepared for um, when you're mm. younger in schools is the idea to critically think as in that's what essentially strategy is, is that you think of all the scenarios and critically decide which mm. one you should go for. Um, rather than just going down one path and and the problem with schools is that you all go down the same path and learn the same stuff and mm. um, you're not whereas um you know with a game it should connect your brain enough that you can learn different strategies and ways to problem solve as well which is obviously a key part of life and right and um, so yeah, yeah. I, i'm totally in agreement with you and i because, think i yeah. think that's i think that's it's, it's super important yeah you know i mean because the thing is is you 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 kind of they the kids go on a bit of a uh a, um a conveyor belt bless them and they you know have to get up to a certain level at primary school for year five year six going to year seven in a secondary school and it's kind of like it's not that they're being spoon-fed any more than you know, any more than I was at my age, um, just with a little less of the strap and the slipper. And um, <laughs> don't worry, Mr. O'Brien, I'm sure it will only hurt you. And uh, you know, you go through the, you go through the caning and all that. No, you go through all this sort of stuff, but they very much keep to the syllabus. Yeah. This is what you'll need to learn to pass the exam. Yeah. Right? Because they're trying to cram so much in. Mm-hmm. And then they get to A levels, and that's the first cliff. Yep. Where it's kind of like, okay, this is the subjects. And you're like, oh, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and you're going to have to learn it. And then, now some of those sort of A-level um, schools and colleges are kind of helping. You need to know this. This is a syllabus. This is what you're going to be asked on, blah, blah, blah. But when you get to, like, university and stuff, as I remember it, it was an absolute, you know, uh, these are your lectures. Turn up if you can be bothered. And these are the labs you have to turn up to because the labs need to be covered up. Yep. And these these are all the work. And other than that, you're you literally, 
<laughs> and also, idea. like, you need to decide what modules you're doing, what like oh, what yeah. your dissertation is going to be on, what your thesis yeah. is, and all this kind of stuff. And you're like, I've never even understood that these, like, you know, because again, again, it's 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 learning the like you said quite quite eloquently is is the whole thing about um, core skills is that you learn co- you, that is starting to develop a core skill that you can apply to whatever situation you're in and the problem is is that they don't do like I don't think kids do that enough and then mm. it leads them into a situation exactly like you described because that that's how I I mean you know in my generation I felt exactly the same way in, at uni as well as that I just found myself going. Wow, I didn't realize that like all this sort of pressure and um and decision making, you know, because it's not only that. I mean, everyone always talks about it's like, do I go to university and live there? You know, do I live with other people? You know, do can mm. I afford this and all this crammed in? And whereas... that all arrives at the same time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's you know, it's you got to pay the bills. I mean, what got me? I mean, I'm at the stage that my kids are literally just gone uh, going at the second year of university. And have just moved into A levels uh, out of secondary school, uh, where, funny enough, the secondary school was like, yeah, not a problem. You can do these four A levels, and then 48 hours later at midnight before the bank holiday, they sent an email saying, oh no, actually, we decided to cancel these two A levels because we've got not enough people. Oh. Choose choose two more for, that you didn't want to do. <laughs> okay, uh, we'll teach you those, right? Which to me is like, <laughs> yeah. sorry. Um, anyway, they ended up changing and, and went to a college and, you know, I won't bore you those bit. But what that suddenly taught at the time my son was, at the time still is, my, taught my son <laughs> was you were comfortable in school, you were logically going to stay in school and do your A-levels and then boom, life. Yeah. Now you've got to email headmasters, get to the principals, make all these decisions. Uh, you can't have exactly what you want. Uh, because they pulled the rug from underneath your feet. Uh, so what is it you want to do? What do you want to do in two years? Uh, what do you want to have at the end of whatever degree you want to do? How are you going to spend your time? You know, they're doing online gaming tournaments and stuff like that because, you know, my dad would never have let me do it. Um, so in part, you know, I'm rebelling against that, even at my age. Yeah. Uh, bless him, he's still alive, so I'm still rebelling. Yeah. And, uh, but it, it, all these things are required. And then for my daughter, is at university, all of a sudden it's like, okay, so you, which property are you going to go to? You can't go into halls, there's not enough room. Uh, you have to go to a Facebook group. Uh, you have to find random people to live with. You then have to stay with these people and find out that they're not necessarily uh, the people you have chosen to be with. Yeah. And then find the right people and then... You know, get, and, and all of that with money, you've got to have a deposit, or where you're going to get the cash, you've got to get yourself a job, you know, and it's all like, oh, all that all at the same time. I mean, you know, I'm not surprised they phone up and just go, I need to talk. Okay, happy, what do you want to talk about? I just need to hear your voice. Yeah. I need some, like, uh, normality to this situation. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You just need someone to come back and say, don't worry, it will be all right. Yeah. We'll work it out. And if we need to, we'll come down and support you. You can come back to, you know, now, it's no wonder people are having lots of stress and strains entirely outside of what we expect them to do in the course, but at the same time is what we, you know, they're going to critically need as people. And it's like, there possibly could have been a bit more preparation on this, yeah. dare I say? Mm-hmm. Rather than you coming to the university, oh, by the way, join this Facebook group and try and find somewhere to live. What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, good luck. <laughs> good luck. Have a good day now. And term starts at blah, 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 don't be late. Yeah, yeah exactly, yeah. <laughs> How we'd fix that into a game, Steve, I don't know. I have no Life. idea. 
game of life. It seems so much easier. There is a board yeah, game called Game of Life. I played that. Yeah, there is. Yeah, <laughs> it seems so much easier with Milton Bradley. Yeah, who <laughs> published it. We just, you know, you get the car, you drive along, you add pegs, you go yeah. one route or another, you, and you end up have kids, and then yeah, then it's all about. And you know, you just keep rolling the dice, and you know, stuff, and you end up at the retirement home, and then you become Soylent Green. Yeah, the um, the great thing about that game is, is that I remember like the the the, the key failure of Game of Life was that if you never got children it was actually yeah. possible to because it's like the game was designed that there was so many points where you could fall and like go you get a child whereas it is actually possible if you roll, roll terribly to not get any children and end up at the end with only you and your like your, your partner or whatever it is <laughs> so, <laughs> actually you've done that once and it was it you was get like, to the end and realize oh yeah like i've actually broke the game yeah, um, <laughs> I'm living in the retirement shed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, with nothing to show for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's weird because it just reinforces stuff that's not necessarily what you want to achieve. Do you want to have kids or not have kids? And yeah, and it, yeah, that's, what I mean. that's exactly my yeah, that's exactly what I was getting at. Is it doesn't necessarily mean if you know people decide to not have children and it doesn't make them any, it doesn't make them a failure. Um, no, it's a, it's a life it choice, does. It's so. Game of Life by Mills and Bradley. Yeah, <laughs> not that I'm but, not that I'm criticising it. It was a decent no, game, but um, was, but yes, no, we, did, we have all played it, so yeah. it's only a, you know. Yeah, so they're laughing to the bank. <laughs> right, yes, yeah, yes, they're lined their pockets on our misery, but <laughs> the um, but the end of it, it, at least it was. Funnily enough, I mean, I I didn't play with my parents. I played with older siblings and stuff. In that, you had the conversation about it. And that surely is a good starting yes. place. Good point. Right? Yeah. You can't necessarily make a game that teaches you everything, but you can make a game that gets everyone discussing that title mm-hmm. or that subject. You know, you go through and go, oh, well, what happens if, if I didn't go to university? And then other siblings or whatever, or older uh, people that you play games with, you know, can, or in fact, in my case, talking to people younger than me, how it is now, and they go, oh, yeah, but if you don't do that, if you don't get this box, then, you know, if you don't get a degree, then it's, it's harder to get jobs going forward, unless you're going for vote. And then you have this massive conversation as you're nomming down on the Bombay mix. Yeah. And spooning down the, you know, the, uh, the various foods mm-hmm. uh, that you're having at the game, having a chat, you know, and that's, that's the best bit about it. Isn't that really what we yeah. want? Yeah. Interaction, it, it, social interaction and chats and conversation. And at the end of it, like you say, for us, we come away and went, oh, that was a great game. A friend of mine would ask, did you win? Yeah. And I'd go, I don't think so. Yeah. Really, really? It wasn't the point. Yeah. So they very often... keep a tally of I played seven games in that day at this convention. I won four, drew two and lost one. Yeah. And I'd be like... Oh yeah, no, I played some games and oh, I met this really interesting person, blah blah blah. Yeah, and I'm talking about the people side of it, not yeah. about whether victory was mine. Yeah, it's very funny because that, that that's a really good observation because I I do that way more than I've ever done, and that, yeah, winning just doesn't mean as much to me as it used to. Like, um, I I I just find myself going, yeah, I I very often the first thing I say playing something is go, that's a great game, I want to buy it, or that's a great game, I'd like to play it again. Um, but it's usually down to I want to play it again because it's like and with the same people because they were really yeah. cool you know like, like yeah it'd be nice if you could purchase the people around the table yeah. at the same time yeah yeah exactly yeah I'm gonna so, be playing Galaxy Trucker and I'm gonna go and buy that now could you just all stamp the card because you're coming with me? yeah exactly yeah and uh, it, that 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 signs you up. That signs yeah. you up to buy a plane to wherever I'm from. You're <laughs> <laughs> uh, coming time. to this game convention. Well, that, I suppose that's the thing, like Aircon, right? Mm-hmm. 
I'll meet you at Aircon. I'll bring Galaxy Trucker. We had yeah. a game of that last time. It was a laugh. I'll bring it again. We'll play it again. Yeah. Because you know, you know, you know where it is. You know how to get there. In fact, that probably could be the one that we could meet at because Harrogate is 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 halfway between us as far as anyone in London is concerned. Yeah. Cool. No, absolutely. But but that's what I mean, right? And, and in that game, what what in that convention, what was interesting for me is. I went as a publisher to show my wares, but actually the far larger element of the game convention was tables full of people who met people at the convention to play games. I was, dare I say it, unimaginable as I know, you'll agree. I was superfluous to a certain extent. Yeah. They were there to meet their mates, drink beer, eat food, play games. And that's oh, what right. made the aircon different for me. Yeah. And you know what? Really fun. Yeah. Because I sat there, show people the game, show people the game. But half the time I'm looking over a game, a lot of people playing games. Maybe I should just take my game over there and play the game. Yeah. With people. Or go and play other games. Yeah, and then crowbar in, like, oh, I've got a game as well. I brought it with me. Oh, you, don't, yeah, you don't necessarily have to crowbar but, yeah, it yeah, in, you know. But, but yeah, yeah I there's an the opportunity there. I mean, the thing about it is you always have uh, games by Bez, and they're always where the laughter is. Yeah. So, you know, I'm very tempted to go over there and draw cats and stuff like that. Yeah. This <laughs> is always a good laugh. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I would be sure like that. I'm, I'm sure I'd be like that if I had my own board game. Is that like if I ever made one, I'd still it. It doesn't stop you being a fan um, at the end of the day. So no. you, know, you still enjoy. You still enjoy other stuff. Um, yeah, and we've we've had those funs. I tell you what, make, making more than Iron Realms has been a bit of a birthing experience, and I don't oh, say really? that in any way to uh, detract from birthing. Yeah, uh, because as a guy, we could never appreciate that. But yeah. <laughs> It has had its challenge. It's, t- it's the longest one I've taken to publish ever. Yeah, I was going to ask you because um, I, I, I don't want to push you for time because I know I said you needed to go. Is um, uh, that's what I was going to end on? Uh, but before we get to that, um, sure. I just wanted to quickly ask because, as I say, I think I'll crowbar this in for the radio show that I do on mental health. It's because this is something I wanted to do, and I thought you're the perfect person to ask. Because um, the more that I think about this, the more that I think it's, again, because I, I think I might use the, the school conversation we've had and crowbar that in as well and put it on the show. Mm-hmm. Because it's, cause we talk about mental health being involved in school. Um, it, it, we think it's like a really important thing um, in terms of just, you know, it, it should be on par with like sex education. And, the, you know, they always talk about, you know, sort of physical acts as a, and, you know, mental health is about the emotional side of things that, that mm-hmm. you know, it's all about, um, you know, emotional strength and emotional resolve and all this kind of thing and emotional decisions. Um, and so I, I'm wondering because I look at my own like sort of coping mechanisms, for want of a better phrase, and I think board games for me and sort of gaming in general is really good for me in terms of my, dealing with my bipolar disorder. And I'm just wondering, based on you being a gamer, making games and witnessing people play games and stuff like that, do you think mental health is a really, you know, in terms of dealing with it or just having a, a healthy lifestyle is to do you know, like sort of um, procrastinating stuff like games because I know it doesn't mean. I guess what I'm asking is, people, people sort of treat games as like some people have like kind of a a standoff approach to games because they think, oh, well, it doesn't ultimately matter in the bigger picture. And I'm just kind of saying, it actually is good to you know focus your mind on something that doesn't like have that much pressure like real life does. Do, do you get mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I think. So difficult you think it times, basically. Yeah. yeah, I do, and, and I'll tell you for why, right? And I, and I think you're, you're, you, you perfectly named it with 
you know, procrastination. But people, the, you, you then, you know, you rallied with the whole statement around, you know, people that has sometimes has negative connotations. I mean, the, the difficult thing I think with issues around mental health, you know, people saying, you know, we just just get over it, just get on with it, just get around it. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, that's not actually how it works, mm-hmm. and that's not how people work. And I think what happens in for me in my life, you, there are moments where you ultimately get overwhelmed. Yes. Right? You get decision fatigue yep. because there's such a lot going on. You get whole fuzziness in my head. I just get the, oh, you know what? If anyone asks me anything else, I just, I don't care. Yeah. Uh, what do you want for dinner? I don't mind. Where should we go? Your choice. Because <laughs> honestly, I, there's nothing left in yes. me to, to be out making any decisions. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, sometimes... The escape, you know, at the moment I'm escaping into PUBG with my boy. Uh, oh, I love that game. Yeah. Oh, my God. I'm, I'm up to crown three now, he says to both. Oh, cool. um, but he's on ace, so I haven't quite caught up with him. <laughs> but I am fully aware that playing that game or playing any of the board games is not going to resolve me doing the company accounts. Yes. Right? It's not. Absolutely. There's not a direct relationship in, in a logical statement that playing more than nine rounds is going to do my VAT return. Yeah. The difference being is before I play more than nine rounds uh, or any other game, choose a game of your own, Race of the Galaxy, Space Alert, or Carcassonne. Mm-hmm. Uh, before you play that, you're like in your mind with a million things. Yeah. <laughs> there's a million things going on in your head. Now there isn't a million things, but there's there's one, two, three lots, right? And yeah. once you get past three, there's just lots. Of things, yeah. Right. So there's lots of things going in your head. And you're like, I cannot concentrate on anything. And you can stop being lucid, right? You literally lose yourself. This is my own experience. I can literally lose myself and, and, and push myself into a panic attack. Yeah. Right? So to be able to go, all right, hang about. Let's play a quick game of whatever. Yeah. Sit down with mates, right? People um, who you are comfortable in the... Uh, company of or you know like-minded people other gamers we're all like each other in some way because we play board games right so we have a commonality to be able to sit down in a group of those people and not worry about anything except whether your camel wins yes or whether you get enough wood or whatever it is gives you a piece to order yourself to gather yourself so at the end of it, to be able to go, okay, all right, what do I need to do first? Mm-hmm. And then you can go back to getting, you know, on with life. Now, that may be one game, that may be ten games, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm no expert. But for me, there comes a line where I've played games enough that now I feel I want to get on with something, whereas beforehand I just wanted to take the chair and smash it into some other furniture, yeah. you know, and yeah. you, you go from that to, all right, let me simply get all the expenses together and you, and you're chipping away at the task. Then you're back on, on, on task. That doesn't mean you can't just have it. You know, you, you doesn't have to only play games to cope with something. No, no. You can play games because you enjoy the company of the people you're with. Yes. Well, you just enjoy the game, right? You yeah. could be playing, uh, solo board games, you know, yeah. the, the, the whole uh, guys and, and gals out there who play solo board games, which is fine, right? And that gives you a moment to say, 
right. I am spending my time with me doing something I like. And then yeah. you're investing in yourself. Mm-hmm. That's not a bad thing either. Because right? yeah. lots of things to take. Will that help in, in, in mental health? Surely interaction with other people or private time in your with yourself, doing something that you enjoy that, that is not malicious, I suppose, or to yourself, you know, it's surely got to add to it. Yeah. It's got to build on you. You're adding to yourself. So it's got it's got to have there's got to be somewhere. Because it's not threatening, you know, yeah. it's it's it, you can pick the complexity of the game. Yeah. It can be really something easy. Mm-hmm. And you're just going 45 minutes later, oh, you know what? I simply enjoyed that. Now, for some people, they can sit down, they can read a book and come away from a good novel and just go, oh, was really good. I enjoyed that. Yeah. Had a cup of tea while you were doing it. Center yourself and, and, and you know, get back on the, the great wheel of life. Not that you ever get off. You just pulled over for a moment. So, yeah. you know, we've all been driving when there's someone behind you, like, rum, 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 driving up the back of your car, rum, rum, really keen. And you're like, really, mate? <laughs> You are in that much of a hurry for an accident. Allow me to. Uh, and in my, when I was younger, I would just stamp the brakes on. Let's see how you, you know, you deal with a close quarter back of my car. Um, <laughs> now, nowadays, uh, none of those resulted in accidents. I had. Yeah, they did involve a lot of waving and not using all my fingers. Um, but nowadays, simply pull over because I'm not going to accept the stress of that situation. I'm yeah. just going to give it up and let someone... And being able to do that in board games, you know, as you say with PUBG, you know, when you when you get the chicken dinner <laughs> at the end of a round and literally you're emotionally invested sufficiently to actually shout out loud yeah. when you're in the middle of the action. You finish the round, you take out the last person and you're like, yes! yes. It's almost in that. You're releasing yourself of a whole load of stress and tension. Yeah, and you can it's go, nice endorphins. Right, it's nice. And you can end, and you can choose at that moment. And I've done it loads of times. You finally win a game, right? Sometimes it's longer than other times. Yeah. And you just go, oh, great, I'm going to have a cup of tea and get on with something. Yeah. And that something will be the thing that you dreaded 45 hour and a half ago. Yeah. You know, oh my God, I can't possibly face that. Yep. And, and, and if that is part of your own mental health, which I guess it is, it is. you know, then then I think that's the space for gaming. Yep. It's, it's a space for gaming because gaming requires people and people require people and they need time and they need time out and stuff like that. I think it's, it's a perfect opportunity. And I know that there's people in the industry who have recovered from much darker situations. Yeah by being able to invest time in, in board games. And, and you know, I know in my life there's been times with board games and video games where, quite frankly, it was going to be a very dark day, but in the end it wasn't because, yeah. you know, we finally landed on that planet, we finally cleared away the Saxons, yeah. we finally, you know, stuff that other people will just look at and go, well, you paid the game of life, so what? You know, you got to university, you didn't get to university, you did or didn't have kids. It's like... Yeah, but you know what? I got to do something I wanted to do in my time when I went to do it, and I was happy. Yeah. yeah. And, then and if at the end of it, you're happier, whatever happier means, you know, calmer or whatever, mm-hmm. and surely that's part of the solution. Yeah. And all that, yeah, beautifully said. And all, all I would, all I would say to that is I'm so glad you said as well when you answered is about how it doesn't necessarily, you know, I just asked the question in terms of being a coping mechanism, but you're absolutely spot on. The the beauty of, of gaming or essentially abstract stuff 
um, mm. is the is that you can appreciate it no matter what situation. Um, so it applies to how you feel because essentially how you feel you can't ultimately control all the time, but you can control what scenario you create because what you said exactly is about like you're choosing to do something, and that's the control you have. You don't have control on how you feel about something, but you have the control to do something about it, which is mm. why um, mental health is so interesting in the sense of you know people want to just say because i have an obvious disorder that mental health is to do about me when we all have mental health in terms of you know how you deal with stressful situations like you were saying and um and how you you cope with it and and as you said what i love about gaming which is why i wanted to talk to you about it and particularly with board games is no matter what situation i'm in whatever whatever what life throws at me it's always a constant source of like relief and joy and and using a different part of my brain and helping me to focus and and i can tell you a number of times where like there's something like if i need to edit a podcast and it's taking forever and i'm stressed about it or or i'm going to work or whatever it may be is that and i and i just don't feel in the right frame of mind um then just sitting and playing like a a round of you know a, a round of staff looks or, or something like that then mm. i just suddenly you know life seems a little easier because you're essentially you're not avoid you're not avoiding what you've got to do you're just taking a break from it um yeah. you know which you're is not key staring difference. in pandora's box you know yeah. you've got to go in there but you yes. don't have to i mean what they say one of the things is don't stare at the mountains right stare at the stare at the clouds above it and then yes. you don't realize you're stepping over the mountain yeah exactly yeah good and, and sometimes Sometimes you just have to do that. And and, and it doesn't have to be because other people, you know, you will get people going, yeah, but games take time. Yeah, but you know what? For me, I have all my old A5 traveler books. And there are some times I just reorder my books. Just get them out, look at them, put them back in, just set aside a little bit of time knowing just because I simply enjoy they're there and that they're the fact of them. I don't have to flick and read and stuff like that. I may f- just put it back and you just go, right. And all you've done is you've, you've pulled the side of the road and let whatever idiot stress is behind you go past. Yes. You'll catch them up. Mm-hmm. That guaranteed. If you, you drive and you let that idiot go by, no. you'll catch them up at the next satellite. Still not make more than a car length, your own car length. I mean, that's how I stopped rushing across London because of a totally old, Blue Skoda, who I passed <laughs> oh, God. five times on the Marlebin Road. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm driving close to reckless, stressing myself out, and every time that flipping blue Skoda turned up, and that person did not give a toss. And they were in no hurry whatsoever, and every single time they caught up with me, and it was on that day I just went, there's no bloody point then. Why take the risk? Why yeah. stress about it? I'm not, if I'm not beating that person, I'm not even beating myself. Yeah. Yeah, I see all the time on the mental health show, and this is the thing I learned, and I'm going to ask you about the games and let you go, but um, the only thing I wanted to say is that, yeah, that um, very often I found it was the best thing I learned in therapy about dealing with my disorder. I mean, and, it, it, and it's, it's not just that, it's dealing with just life. You realize, um, because of the way that we're sometimes designed or the way society is around us, that we're overly critical, and we want to assign value to something that's ultimately meaningless or would happen regardless of how you feel so what i mean by that is that like the example i always give to people is if you get almost hit by a car when you're walking somewhere Mm. and you are not in a very good mood 
you ver- what a lot of human beings do because they they assign the value you you assign that situation that would happen and that could happen at any time at any point and assign a feeling to it based on how they're feeling at the time so if they're feeling negative they'll go oh my god like that's that's a summary of why my girlfriend left me and my, while my job's awful and I hate everything and everything sucks mm. uh, whereas if it was if if you apply that the opposite way in a positive sense. And if you're in a great mood and almost get hit by a car, your response could just as likely be, oh, well, oh, my God, well, I almost died. But thank God I didn't because life is wonderful and, I, you know, and, and I've got so much to do while I'm here and all this kind of stuff. Right. Whereas the interesting thing I got told was both things are irrelevant to your feelings because it is just a chance thing that happens in life. You don't need to assign a value to either of them. Obviously, it's better to deal with stuff in a more positive sense. But my point is, when you're in a negative mood, you don't need to assign a negative value to that because it's stacking the deck of negativity and personalizing something that happens without you being there. Um, And I I think that's a really powerful point that anyone can utilize is if you can become aware of that in your regular life. You find that a lot of people, whether they, they they don't have to have depression or anything like that, a lot of people do that. Because um, they think that they think that they they are a consequence of what they've witnessed, whereas it happens anyway. Yeah. Um, you know, and just because you happen to be there doesn't mean it's your fault. Um, yeah, yeah. You yeah. heard the tree fall over in the forest, didn't affect yeah. the tree, the forest, the yes. sound, or actually you. Yeah, you just happen to be witness to it, um, and and therefore it's silly to assign a value to it, as in you're responsible in some way for it. Um, but yeah, anyway, so yeah, wonderful. I will I will use that for the radio show on Friday because I think that's a good that's a good um, good example of of something you know as we said sort of um uh, um you, you know uh, what's the word um the like it's sort of just uh, an abs- using an abstract thing to deal with to, to deal with life essentially. Yeah, absolutely. You're just taking time out. You're pulling over. You're in a lay-by. You haven't left the, you know, you haven't left the journey. You just temporarily left the road for a moment yeah. while you're just doing something else, and then you just get back on it. Great. Yeah. And so, as I said to Lawrence, um, you know, he's obviously here at Essen, uh, at Essen, so he's got to go and do that. So, what I wanted to say, just to end the podcast, is to mention about the games, obviously, because we touched on War of the Nine Realms. So, what I wanted to say was, last time Lawrence was on, it was, I think, he was sorting the artwork out for the Kickstarter at the start. That's what oh, I right, remember. Okay. I'm pretty sure either or the Kickstarter was just starting one of the two, um, and I'm pl- so I'm just on the the Kickstarter page to say that um, you know very well done that you um, got it uh, got it um, done. But you said it was stressful. Do you want to talk about that oh, and also just God. about the game and just about the game just quickly? So, more than nine rounds, uh, Ragnarok, basically Nordic Ragnarok, where you all take on one of the realms and you beat the living stiff stuffing out of your friends. Uh, you know, or, or you know, anger uh, management and stuff like that, and issues um, <laughs> the Nordic way, uh, basically by plunging a sword and axe. In yeah. Um, but it's on a board, so it's okay. Um, <laughs> it always been received well, done well, that sort of stuff. We stuck it on the Kickstarter. It was just a massive amount of work. I mean, I knew it would be, but it is. A, it's a huge emotional roller coaster because. Uh, Kickstarter in itself is a, is a complete entity. It, it's another world because you do get people going, oh great, yeah, this looks great. Oh yeah, back it, back it, back it, back it. You get loads of people back and stuff, and then a period of time later, they'll simply pull out. Yeah. So you know, you may do really well, but there's always going to be a portion of people who go, oh well, 
you know, I saw War of the Nine Realms. That looks good. I back that because actually all I'm doing is escrowing an agreement. And then I find something else, and I, there's only so much I can spend on Kickstarter a month. I'll you, I'll go to this other thing now because that looks shinier. Yeah. Um, and so that does make it, you know, a, a bit of a shake. And really, you need to front end as much of your work as possible. Yeah. And, and, and everyone says that, and everyone's right. You absolutely, you need to do the outreach and go into the Facebook groups and spend time helping other people with their stuff, so that when you know when yours turns up. You know, there's the, the the handshake of love. Everyone, yeah. You know, helps you as well, as long as you're a decent person. I mean, of course, yeah. Yes. <laughs> you're right anyone. Yeah, <laughs> um, and so for us, it was, it was for me, it was just dealing with all of that, and then getting all the artwork together and all the final points. And there were there were two major mistakes in the game, and okay. not Ooh. in the actual game itself, but in the production of the game. Okay. One was the fact that when it was manufactured, the manufacturer only stick, uh, placed one die in the game, okay. not the generous ten dice that we put in. So absolutely every single copy of the game had to be brought back, unwrapped, the right number of dice put in, and then really shrink wrapped, and then sent out. And we, and we had to do all that before we sent it to the Kickstarter. So all the Kickstarter people had to be late, and all the Kickstarter people were fabulous. Because everything was later, 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 and you know, the, the Scott uh, is one of the guys you see in the comments. He's the one who says, "Any update? Any, any update?" Bless him. I think next time I'll just hire him yeah. uh, because uh, he did a fantastic job of of just reminding us to keep everyone informed. And then, by far, the biggest mistake was with uh, Valentina Pipiana, and uh, Pippi is one of the artists on the game. She did the, the game backs, the card backs and stuff like that. And she did so much of the work on the Kickstarter artwork and, and, and all that sort of um, support of Wotan. She's working on a number of products that we're doing at the moment. I forgot to put her name on the game. Oh, God. <laughs> which is is the biggest faux pas. So, I'm, with your permission, Steve, I'd like to take this opportunity to publicly uh, <laughs> apologise to Pippi um, so because, <laughs> because she's a massive part of what makes Wotan a success. Yeah. And I, we simply, I don't know how, I don't know where the ball was dropped and we are trying to work out. But in doing that, the one thing that we're doing is we're putting her on all the digital stuff and things like that. And we can never undo that mistake. But Pippi, we couldn't be more mortified, horrified and deeply sad. Yeah. Uh, the fact that we right royally put that up. Mm-hmm. Um, so thank you, Steve, for the opportunity. <laughs> That's completely um, right. Bless you. But uh, yeah, so Pippi was one of the people we didn't put a name on the box, and I was just okay. Yeah, well, that that, that yeah, um, it's that's that's such a simple thing. mistake, but a very like you know problematic it, it, one. Yeah, it, it, but it's a massive mistake yeah. in, a, in a in a little thing in yes. a sense that, and that what what that teaches me and, and uh, you know takeaway for all people is if you're not going to be the person to fine-tooth comb anything, everything, even though you're ultimately the person responsible, hire somebody who is. Yeah. Right? Get somebody who you're going to say, right, I'm going to offload all of this to you, you're going to go through that, and I'm going to pay you to be perfect and find somebody with the right personality who's going to be the rivet counter and come back and say, well... 
you haven't done this or you've this spacing isn't right from a design perspective but simply saying have you got all the artists have you got all the assistants have you got all the writers and contributors and play testers and make sure all those people are on because what will happen is the most treasured person the most the closest and the most loved uh, person is the person who's always there is likely to be the one that you simply forget because you couldn't possibly forget because that would be impossible because of the relationship and how much they contribute and yet for us it was the one that we forgot to put on the on the yeah. box which oh, just a nightmare. We've rectified, but, you've rectified it. <laughs> well, I don't think you ever really can, but you, you can yeah. try. Um, yeah. But having to pull all the stuff off the shelf, well, you didn't have to put it off the shelf, but you know, taking that time out and, and putting all that thing in, it, it does show you that you know, even when you're using you know, very good manufacturers, mistakes can happen, yeah. uh, and you, you just learn. Mm-hmm. You know, if, this ha- if this were to happen again, it would be less likely. Yeah, uh, and we and when we were dealing with the what needs to go in the box when you open it to make sure it's all there checklist, mm-hmm. there there was a moment when the repacker was okay. So we stick another die in. No, we stick ten die. Take the one out, yeah. put ten in, so they all match. Yeah, uh, and uh, you know, so there was a moment where we almost that mistake nearly happened again. That we ended up with two dice in the box and still oh not. God. <laughs> So check everything, check everything, check yeah. everything, and make sure you've got someone else responsible as well because, you know, you can't – you just can't do everything. Yeah, absolutely. Do everything, be everywhere, do all the social and all that sort of stuff. And I know it's obvious, but when you find it, when you're doing things, especially when you're, you know, independent and small, let's be honest, yeah. um, then, you know, you do end up with a lot of jobs. Small businesses are run by people who do five jobs, not by five people all doing a small job. Exactly, yeah. Uh, yeah. And that, that, you know, that tells you why you should take a moment out every now and again to play games, to relax, to make sure when you get back to doing those lists, you don't forget. Yeah, I say that all the time. Is it like, um, you know, we do have do have people who work at Geek Apocalypse like now and again, but yeah, like um, it, it's, I always say to people like when we do the radio show, for example, now that for Mentally Sound, it's on a radio station. It's like I go... Um, you know, I, all the jobs that I do on the two hours that we're on air and the, obviously the build-up and the research that we do is that, like, I'm, like, it's probably about six or seven people's jobs and I'm doing it all by yeah. myself. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. yeah. And that does take a toll. Yeah, and some, absolutely. Somewhere something's going to be, you know, dropped. Either you're going to not eat well enough, keep your nutrition's up, don't keep hydrated. This is what happens at conventions. People yeah. spend the whole day and then realise, oh, actually, I haven't drunk anything and I haven't gone to the loop. Yeah, no, I'm not eating. Yeah. 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 Um, so something goes somewhere and mm-hmm. some of those things that, that you, you, you can drop can be very bad. So, right. you, you know, you, you, you portion it out. I, what I found at UK Games Expo is I knew a lot of people who play board games. Yeah. So when I, you know, I was like, oh, you fancy coming to the UK Games Expo? Well, I wasn't thinking of doing it. I'd love to, but, well, would you like me to pay you the ho- your hotel and you come along and spend time on my booth and but at the same time, during that time, you go off and play other games? Oh, God, yeah, I'd love to do that. And you're like, oh, my God, I've got all these people I've known for years and trust, yeah. and they're going to come along. And I feel, you know, the, the bus team, although we didn't have a bus, and that's an entirely separate story, because yeah. it broke. It broke down 45 minutes away. Oh, that's horrible. Uh, we'll talk oh about that another time. <laughs> uh, but in that, what, what you found is that actually there's loads of people out there who, you know, who are your friends. Yeah. You know, for that, you, sorry, you're going to put me in a, in, in a nice hotel, feed me, and then, 
I don't have to pay to get into the UK Games Expo. I get to do all that, and you know, and all you I have to yeah. do is play. Yeah, all I have to do is play the games that you've done for so many hours of the day. Wow, yeah. that that was my eye opener for that, and and that was you know it's part of the positive side of the UK Games Expo and our War of the Nine Realms experience. Uh, but yeah, will we be doing it again? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we're ready. I'm, I'm literally here to go and talk to uh, that same manufacturer about what we're going to do next. Oh, great. Uh, and one of those things, you know, will be in the future the re-release of Robin Hood, but we're not going to do it immediately because there's another English publisher that's just brought out a Robin Hood game, and I wouldn't want to um, is that dilute the, that. Is that the one with the whole apples and? Um, are you referring to that one, or is there another Robin Hood game? No, I think it's the Apple one. Yeah, the one with the whole you negotiate with the Cooper red bag. One. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that. I think, that's fun. Yeah. Right, so that's coming out. So I didn't want to go, and here's our Robin Hood game, because that would be very bad. Yeah, um, yeah. But, and do you know what? The thing, Steve, that was really surprised me is how long stuff takes. Yeah. I mean, this is, I first saw what was the game to become War of the Nine Realms mm-hmm. years ago in the UK Games Expo, having breakfast in the Crown Plaza Hotel. Wow. And that's <laughs> what, three, four, five years ago? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can imagine. It takes time. It takes time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. So, right, so is it available? Uh, I'm looking on your website, and it's available now, yeah? So can people get it? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, you can buy it now. Uh, Leisure Games have copies of it at the moment. Uh, yeah. It'll. Uh, what we try to do is if we do it online, will it will either be us as a last resort. Can't find it anywhere else. Come to us. Yeah. Uh, we do it online in other countries as well. We tend to try to do that. Uh, some conversations at Spiel may well change that. So it's like a different way where good news tell you if that actually comes about. Um, but outside of that, yeah, ask at your local friendly store because they can contact us and we'll ship it through them because yeah. we'd rather support the stores. Yeah, I've just moved. I've just mo- I've just moved in with my partner um, a couple of months ago, and um, there's an unbelievably good local game shop that I'm going to support. And they're great. They're great with that kind of thing. That my friend, my, one of my best friends who lives in the area, recommended them, and they're really good at them. You might have met them before. Um, Midland Miniatures. Um, they do a lot of Kickstarter stuff. They do miniature. They 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 made their name on doing um, you know, miniatures for games. Um, and they go to a lot of conventions. At least they do around here anyway. And um, yeah, they help with Kickstarter stuff for miniature designs Midland like they. Or Midland. Yeah, Midland. I think is how you say it. Midland Miniatures. I don't know if I'm saying it right, but um. But anyway, they're really cool, and they they out. Basehead. Um, they're in um Jarrow, I believe. Um, is is where it is because I'm in heaven mm. at the minute. So, um, but anyway, so they 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 made their name off that, and then they decided because they were big board game fans, as they've made they've they started their own little game shop. Um, in this, no. like, and it's really cool. Um, so anyway, I'm just re- I, yeah, I'm totally on board with Lawrence's that you should definitely support your local game store. You should because, because they can always get a copy of any game, yep. right? And, and they can get it right. We could sell it to people, right? And, and we genuinely would make more profit. But I'd rather have a hundred board games and cafes across the country, yeah. Because when I go on holiday, if I'm in the UK, I quite like to play a board game. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's like. It's, it's just a genuinely, I have never walked into a game store and left feeling worse. They're like dissatisfied I, or something, yeah. <laughs> right. I yeah. always turn up and I may, I may leave lighter in the sense of finance, but I will never leave, and never so far have I ever left unhappy. Yeah. 
you know, and that's why I, I think, you know, there, there are little havens of, you know, people who of just of a mindset that I get on really well with. And you just yeah. go and you can have a chat, you can play games, you can have recommendations, you just walk away and, and just, you feel much better about the universe, personally, for myself. That's a bit Absolutely. of a grandiose statement. <laughs> yeah. But a good way to end. <laughs> yeah. Well, all it leaves me to say is because uh, Lawrence has been on the podcast before. If you want to learn about more games, because obviously I'll mention now Camelot the Court, which is in my games collection, um, sure. is um, is a fantastic game, and um, that's also available on their website, WootenGames.co.uk. Um, and uh, yeah, so and you can find all the information about. There's a um, uh, PP War of the Whelms version as well, which uh, what um, we do, which yeah, yeah, little, the little version, yeah, we're bringing out a kind of fancy version of that on, um, uh, you know, like the mouse map material and stuff yeah. with, with miniatures. That's, cool. that's, an enti- that's an entirely another conversation. Yeah, well, I just thought Dabbling I'd mention it because I can see it on the, on the site, you, so uh, people can have a have a gander on your website and find out more. They can. Um, but excellent. Um, I'm so pleased War of the Nine Worms is um, is here. It's a thing because, as you said, five years ago, and I know you. I'm sure I had a conversation with you where you mentioned it to me in the UK Games Expo, and also, yeah. and the fact, and obviously, as I said last time, you were on, you were in the process of putting it all together. So well done yeah. for getting through that. And thank you. Um, and it looks amazing. Um, so I hope to play it one day. And um, yeah, and good luck with everything. Enjoy Essen, um, and I'm and hopefully I'll get to see you maybe in the U- next UK Games Expo or something like that. Or yeah, or at Aircon, which is closer to you because that's yeah. in Harrogate, isn't it? What is it? Where is Aircon? Uh, it's at, in the Harrogate uh, Conference Centre. I think that's what they call it. Actually, in Harrogate, which of course is the London of the North, uh, and it's <laughs> tres, tres posh uh, <laughs> and sometimes pricey. Uh, but that, if you've never been to a convention and you kind of want to know what games convention is about and you're in that area, if you're north, in, in the more beautiful part, um, I would recommend Aircon. How do you spell Aircon? Uh, A-I-R-E-Con. Ah, okay. That's why it's not coming up. I'm Googling it while you're asking because I just, I'm going to leave it in my, there we go, I found it. Cool. Um, excellent. I will, I will have a yeah, gander. Yeah, Harrogate Convention Centre is where it actually Yeah, that's exactly it. where it is. Yeah, that's what it says. That's excellent. I will look into that. Yeah, cool. Um, I may, may very well see you at that because I, I, um, I hope so. One of the things, because uh, one of the things about, um, one of the things about me not going to conventions is, I don't know if you've seen, but I'm, I'm going to be a father soon. Um, so yes, yeah, so that's pretty awesome. Um, and I've just had my life's I'm totally changed in terms of like just move. I've just moved out. I've moved. I've moved houses recently, um, as well. And um, yeah, so it's just so I've not really had the opportunity to do conventions as much as I would like to. But obviously, once my um, once we've all learned how to be parents. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. Let me know how that goes. Yes, I will. Waiting. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that's, all I've, that's all the advice well, I've been given. Look at it this way. By the 8th to the 10th of March next year, you may desire full nights of sleep. <laughs> yes, exactly. Just, yeah. just saying... Yeah. Not 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 saying anything by that, but you know, <laughs> just in case that could be a, yeah. a, a factor to swing it, yeah. you will hemorrhage a billion brownie points. Yes. But, you know, Yes, we will see. Now yeah. a sweet slumber. Yes, we will see. But yeah, it's been lovely talking to you again, Lawrence. So, um, we and should try see. and catch up um, uh, uh, as much as possible because I always enjoy doing this. So, um, but Thank yeah, you. I enjoyed um, it. Yeah, and uh, okay, great. Well, um, hopefully, I will see you soon. Enjoy Essen, and as I said, everyone, <laughs> please go to WootenGames.co.uk um, for more information about all the stuff that Lawrence does. And uh, yeah, I'll end the podcast like you always. End in the words of the great B movie, Robot Talks, Crash and Burn, and we'll see you very soon for another edition of the Geek Podcast. Thanks, guys. Bye.